Hallelujah. So let's just look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just want to thank you once again for this opportunity that you've given to us. Father, uh, every opportunity, Lord, that you give to us to come and meditate upon your word. Father, we, we just never want to take those instances for granted, Lord. Pray, Father, that, Lord, you would grant us the grace to work out our salvation with fear and with trembling. Father, that you would continue to do a deep work in each and every one of our lives. Even through the ministry of the word, that you would wash us, sanctify us, even more, a little more, Lord Jesus, set us apart, that we'll become vessels of honor, ready and prepared for the Master's use. I pray, Father, that, Lord, um, thing, even as things... Father, spiraling out of control all around the world, I pray, Father, that, Lord, we would, Father, build our homes on that foundation, on that sure foundation. Father, grant us grace to that, and we pray. Teach us your ways, show us your paths. Anoint us afresh this morning so that we will understand, Father, what you have to say, not just in our minds or intellectually, Father, but it will truly go deep down inside into our inner man and it will truly rot fruit. It will truly transform us from the inside out. To that end, I pray that you would bless and anoint the speaking and the hearing, hearing of this word. We thank you, we praise you, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Already, Let's look at uh, Psalm 103, verse 7 and Psalm 106, verse 15. In that order, please. 103 verse 7 and Psalm 106 verse 15. It says, He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. And 106 verse 15, And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. What was the difference between Moses and the children of Israel? It's a relationship that Moses had with God. Deeper, stronger. Moses was a man who literally lived before the face of God. He was a man who not only had a personal encounter with God once in his life. He was a man who continuously lived before God's face. Encountering God if you regularly, if you will. Is that so difference between Moses and the children of Israel? Or even Aaron and Miriam and the sons of Korah and Dathan and Abiram and the elders. You see, the question I was contemplating upon was um, contemplating, by the way. I'll tell you why I'm using that word contemplating because um, um there are several contemplations in the Bible. And one of the contemplations we looked at and we meditated upon um, in the last week, predominantly was from Psalm 78. It's also a mashkil, a contemplation. Of who? Psalm 78 is a, is a mashkil, a contemplation of Asaph. Okay. I mean, I like Asaph simply because, look at this guy, okay. He had such a revelation. He studied the entire law. It was his summary of the law. 
the same spirit which was working in Stephen was working in Asaph. That's what I feel and I believe. Yes, Stephen was one guy who summarized the entire story of Israel. And then you'll see Asaph doing the same thing. Psalm 70. That's the reason why you see the depth of insight that he has got. The way he's able to look at the heart of his nation, his people, and he's actually putting himself in those, in, in their place because he's, he, he includes himself in every one of those statements that he makes. These are mashkils. These are contemplation, contemplations. You know, the word mashkil comes from the Hebrew word shakal, which means depth of insight. Wisdom. And God is not a respecter of persons. He's not a respecter of persons. Okay, so what is the difference between Moses and the others? He was a man who pursued God all the way. He just didn't have one encounter once upon a time in his life. He was a man who was continuously filled with the Holy Spirit if you want to use new covenant language. See, a lot of Christians, I've, I've seen it. I mean, I, you know, I met God in such and such a day, such and such a time. They can only think, think about that experience that they had. I'm not, they were, there was no other confrontations that they had with God regularly. I'm not saying that we live by those experiences. I'm talking about encountering God in the Word, in His Word, and encountering Him and having a sense of huh, who you actually are in the light of His holiness. Right? True worship arises from that. Understanding. Now, worship Okay, was it? Um, in Psalm 2 he says, rejoice with trembling. What's a remarkable uh, emotion that we're supposed to have. We have to rejoice with trembling. Hmm? Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Okay, he was a man who pursued God all the way. And all these people, if you look at the overcomers in the old covenant, if you will, and, and even in the new covenant, these are the people who never dropped. There was no nothing dropping in their lives. There's just absolute drop. There's no, uh, there's no, uh, giving up at any point. They went with God all the way. They pursued God all the way. Elijah was a man who pursued God all the way. Elisha was a man who pursued God all the way. Not, notwithstanding the fact that, 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 uh, opportunity was available for everybody. There were sons of prophets everywhere. And they all also had a revelation, if you will, that Elijah was going to be taken up. But there was only one man who literally was pursuing God in Elijah. Because he was saying, I'm not after you, I'm not, I'm after your spirit, he says. A double portion of it, if you will. Daniel was a man who pursued God all the way. His revelations kept on increasing. You know that, right? Um, he had, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He had his interpretation. Oh, that, that is interesting. He didn't just have the interpretation. He also had the dream and its interpretation. And then if you look at Nebuchadnezzar's whole dream is essentially, you know what, that one full, full statue, remember? And Daniel also has a similar dream. Now instead of a statue with different metals, there are different animals, different beasts. You'll see that in the latter part of the book of Daniel. And Daniel was a guy who pursued God all the way. Now, the reason why I was contemplating on this was this. Now, why is that so many, so many of us struggle to have a consistent walk with God? It's simply because we don't have depth. I'm not talking about depth of scripture alone. Okay. I'm talking about deep relationship with God. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a term that we use, I mean, often, 
friends use when during those uh, you know when people are in love they are deeply in love they are in deep love you know, there's only one deep love which is possible god his love towards us we can't even fathom that depth he says uh, and he doesn't even talk about depth of love he talks about height breadth width and depth four dimensions of god's love the multiple dimensions of god's love okay so, remember god's love is so wonderful so high so deep so wide so this is this is true okay i mean it's just, just not a sunday school song it's an experience it's subjective in one sense of course which is backed up by objective truth okay understand that so there was a pursuit of god okay yesterday was i think pastor was praying no he said lord let there be a desire i think uh, sister elsa's prayer if i'm right the desire a longing to know you in more and more deeply and many of the believers this they stumble and fall they don't have strength uh to face circumstances and situations is simply because they don't have depth look at what it says about daniel daniel chapter 12 it's the end of his life look at his this guy's pursuit of god verse 5 onwards if you will then i daniel looked and there stood two others one on the river bank and the other on the river, on the other side of the river bank and one said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river how long shall this shall the fulfillment of these wonders be then i heard the man clothed in linen who uh, in linen who was above the waters of the rivers and he said uh oh sorry uh, and swore by him who lives forever that shall that it shall be for a time times and a half of a time and when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered all these things shall be finished although i heard i did not understand then i said my lord what shall be the end of these things and he said go your way daniel <laughs> he is not satisfied for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end and you know what 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 verse 10 will say many shall be purified made white and refined but the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand but the wise shall understand that is you know what the word is mashkils or shakals will understand that's the word actually okay the wise the people who have a deep relationship with god will understand so there is a seeking after god and we are talking about depth okay. and you know it right if you go to universities the guy who has got solid depth in the subject he doesn't have to come with a textbook to the class he is a textbook have you seen such professors they just come with chalk piece that's it and uh, attendance register they know the subject inside out and they know why this is that they are able to connect left right and center they are able to literally be a university you know what that you know, what university means unity in diversity that's what university means they are a university in themselves they have breadth and they have depth both okay and we are not talking about this intellectually talking about understanding god so deeply knowing having a sense of god we'll understand what it means to have depth though today there was they were never satisfied 
They were never satisfied. They pursued God and they knew okay, he was worth it. Return with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. We'll come back to that again. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. The word for reward is remunerator. You know, remuneration. Yeah, okay. That he is a remunerator of those who diligently seek him. And he says, if you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. What a promise. What a promise, isn't it? If you seek me, who's that you? Anybody. Anyone. That is open to anybody. Anyone. That is the beauty of Christianity. Anyone irrespective of your education or lack thereof. You can seek God and he will reward you. With what? He tells Abraham, I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. He will reward you with himself. More of his understanding. More of his of his wisdom. More of his Holy Spirit, if you will, in, in, in the new covenant. Okay. And I'm, honestly, I believe the reason why um, many of us struggle, many of us, including me, is because our understanding is very superficial. Look at Moses, no? This, this is stunning. Okay. And his close aide, Joshua. Exodus chapter 33 and verse 7 onwards. Hmm? 7 to 11. Moses took his tent. Whose tent? His tent. Okay. He had a tent. Okay. In which he was living. He took his tent and he pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp. And called it the tabernacle of meeting or the tent of meeting. Now this is not the, ta- uh, the tabernacle in the wilderness. No, no, no. This is not that tabernacle. It is his, his tent. It's remarkable. Okay. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting which was outside the camp. He said, you know what? This is my tent. I will go there. You you also can come. Anybody can come. And if you want to inquire of the Lord, you can come and inquire of the Lord. It's open to everyone. Okay. He said, it's a, what a testimony, right? My home. Wherever I put my home, the presence of God is there. I carry the presence of God with me. It's interesting. He puts it where? Outside the camp. Why? What does it say in Hebrews? Jesus went outside the camp. And what should we do? Let us go outside the camp bearing his reproach. That is a man, man of, mark of humble man. He had a revelation of who God is. Honestly. Hmm? And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord, doesn't matter who wanted, who, if anyone could go. You want to seek God, you can go to the tent. Which was outside the camp. And then what happened? So it was whenever Moses went out of the tabernacle that people, all the people rose and each man stood at his tent and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. Why? And it came to pass when he, Moses entered the tabernacle, the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. Only when Moses entered into his tabernacle, what happened? God talked. It was literally a tent of meeting. 
other other for other people it's a tent of visiting but look at notice another guy all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshiped each man at his tent door so the lord spoke to moses how face to face as a man speaks to his friend i love that okay and please underline this and he, he and he would return to the camp but his servant joshua the son of nun the word is young man the same word which is used for isaac a young man did not depart from the tabernacle not satisfied not satisfied i also want that kind of an experience i also want to know and who was joshua was he was he any special no he had fears god has to repeatedly tell him don't be afraid be courageous have i not told you be courageous just in case you forgot be very courageous courageous that means the guy was a very timid guy and you know that one one defeat and that's it he is flat on his face before god Oh Lord, why did you bring us into the into the into the promised land? And he was a very fearful guy. Okay, but he had a desire, and he was not satisfied. I'll tell you something: this pursuit of God will keep us in good standing in the coming days. It's depth with God. It's depth with God. And look at him. Look at Moses. I'll show you another another place. Th- same chapter 33 and verse 12 onwards. Okay, let's read that. Okay. And Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people. But you have not let me know, know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you, that I may No, 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 no. First, that I may know you, that I might find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then he says, next verse. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. And then he says, so the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken for you have found grace in my sight and I know you by name. And he said, please show me your glory. He's still not satisfied. Lord, no, please show me your glory. And one more step, Lord. Thoda or. Okay. I want to know you a little more. There is Elisha. There are the other prophets. There is Elijah. There are 7,000 others. One had depth. The others don't. Didn't. Although they had a testimony that they didn't bow down their knees to Baal. One stood strong. One had depth. And the other had really shallow and superficial understanding. Look at what it says in Psalm 42 verse 1 and then 42 verse 7. <clears throat> Who are these? These are the Psalms of the sons of Korah, by the way. Okay, so there are Korah and there are sons of Korah. <laughs> okay, what did Korah have? No depth. Sons of Korah? Oh, they had depth. And they cried out for depth. Look at what it says in Psalm 42. This is, by the way, the mashkil of the sons of Korah. 
If you have it in your Bibles, you'll know it. Contemplation of the sons of Korah. What it says? It says, as a deer panteth for the water brook, so my, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. And then verse 7. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. Lord, I need to know you deeply. I want to know you. I want depth in my life. They had depth. And they chose to. They were sons of Korah. You see, this is not, they are ordinary people, by the way. And then Asaph. So, how do we develop depth? Okay? How do we develop depth? This is a question. Okay? I want to have a deep relationship with God. How do I develop it? It's a process. Okay? It's a process. First, it starts with how you receive God's word. Let me show you. Turn to Matthew chapter 13 and verse 3 onwards. We know this verse, verses very well. And if you can just put it in KJV all the way, okay? Put it in KJV all the way now. I'll tell you when to change. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell on the wayside, by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth. Okay? And forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. Underline that, okay? When the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. That's enough. Stop there. Who are these people? The word does not go very deep into their lives. They accept the word either only at the emotional level or at the max at the intellectual level. Understand? Okay. What do they accept? Where do they accept the word? They accept the word either at the emotional level or at the max at the, sorry, uh, at, at the intellectual level. At the max. They are either emotional Christians or intellectual Christians. Emotional converts. But the word has not penetrated deeply into their lives, into their spirit man. You can see these examples in the Bible. Saul is an Perfect example of a emotional Christian. Oh, David, he's weeping also. <laughs> you are more righteous than me, but is there, is there any ability to change? No. And you had a perfect example of an intellectual Christian. Who is that guy? Solomon. There's another Mashkel. If you read the Mashkels, there is the Mashkel by Ethan the Ezraite. He's also the sons of Korah. Okay. Ethan the Ezraite. You know what? If you look at the, all the peers of Solomon, one of the wise men is Ethan the Ezraite. Okay. And he, it says Solomon was wiser, wiser than Ethan the Ezraite. I, I like that. That means a very, very intellectual guy. He had an illuminated mind. But let me tell you, an illuminated mind without a surrendered will is a tremendously deadly combination for for you. Dangerous and deadly. 
That's what I say, no? Illuminati or illuminated? <laughs> when you become an illuminated mind without a surrendered will, you become mm, Illuminati. That is the reason why when you go into the holy place, what do you have first? You The first item which is mentioned is the table of shoe bread. What, has, what should happen in the shoe bread? You have to be crushed. You have to be baked. Not just one side. Both sides. And every week you have to be changed. And then it is the what is mentioned is the is the lampstand, the sevenfold lampstand with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which talks about the illuminated mind, which actually throws light onto the surrendered will. And if you do not have a surrendered will, the mind is very dangerous. No, I I, I was I was listening to Zach Poonan the other day. You know, he says he says the leaders in the church are in the most dangerous position. Because you have an illuminated illuminated mind. But who's going to check whether you have a surrendered will or not? People actually are in a, are live in fear of you, generally speaking. But who are you answerable to? He was telling all that. I mean, he was talking to church leaders. And he said, We at we are at a t- dangerous position. We need to constantly keep checking ourselves. And one thing that God tests every day and every moment is your will. You know that? Every day it tests. It is your will which is being tested every day. If anyone desires to do his will or wills to do his will, he will know. That is how it should come. The order is this. A surrendered will and an illuminated mind. That is the reason why he says in James chapter 3, not everybody should become teachers because you will get a stricter judgment. Think about it. No, think about it. Saul wanted to kill David. Emotional guy. Solomon wanted to kill Jeroboam. Intellectual guy. What's the difference? Think about that. Somebody wanted to use up Saul's throne. He was after his life. He thought he was usurping his throne. <laughs> he didn't want to. He was not even usurping anybody's throne. And then Jeroboam, Solomon thought Jeroboam was his competition. He wanted to kill him. But David, you want to take my throne? Please take it. <laughs> okay, take it. I'm not interested in this throne and position. I want to have a deep relationship with God. Simple. Spiritual mind. You think about it. First is your surrendered will. Second is your illuminated mind. And third, the one which is a link between the holy place and the most holy place is what? The altar of incense, which of course in the new covenant is mentioned, which is inside the tabernacle. It moves inside the tabernacle because it is intercession, which is the intercession of Jesus Christ himself. Okay, And the spirit of intercession, which is working through us, now, that is talking about emotions. See the order first. It is a surrendered will. It is the illuminated mind and the emotions, which are now actually what is it? Propelling you into deep worship so that you can understand and hear God speaking from the mercy seat. That revelation is trustworthy revelation, not any other revelation. You understand that? Okay. So a lot of people, either they have emotional conversion or they have intellectual conversion. Very people have a spiritual encounter. Lot of people take the word at the emotional level. Lot of people take the word at the intellectual level. Very few people allow the word to penetrate into their spirit. 
Why? The carnal mind is in enmity against God. If you educate the carnal mind, it will only become an educated rebel. It will become an illuminated rebel. It will not be a surrendered mind. You see? It's a spiritual mind. Meaning what? A mind which is under the authority of the spirit is what God is looking for. A surrendered will first. A crushed will. I was talking about uh, which is under the authority of uh, uh, people, of, of men of God who have, who understand their own own lack of worth, sense of, they have an understanding of their unworthiness. Right? Understand this. So very important. One is a, one, one lot of people are converts. I mean, even us, you know, we def- so many times, oh, that was a fantastic revelation. We are, we are titillated in our minds. Intellectually, we are excited. But deep down inside, has it penetrated our spirit? Has it literally started bearing fruit in our lives? Do we now seriously think like the way God thinks? Are we able to discern that which is spiritual and that which is carnal? Actually what? That which is spiritual and that which is soulish? It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, a natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit of God. The word is, I told you, right? Soulish man, a man who is devoid of the Spirit. I know it. I've seen a lot of intellectual Christians and I've seen a lot of emotional Christians and I'm telling you, both are in danger of falling away. It is only the people who have understood God. It is God is spirit and those who worship God must worship Him in spirit and truth. It is not one without the other. No way. Understand this. No, of course, there is no, what there? There is no deepness of earth. No, thank God, we don't have to interpret this parable. Jesus himself gives the interpretation. And he saves a lot of commentaries. Okay. Matthew chapter 13 now. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 19 onwards, we will see what this means actually. Hmm? And we will see other nuances as well. It says in, when one heareth the word of God, or rather the word of the kingdom, by the way. It's a very interesting thing. When one hears the word of the kingdom, I tell tell you something, one of the, what do you say, paradigm shifts that I had in our, uh, in our, in our, um, in my uh, spiritual growth, if you will, in this church, is one day when we had actually a series on the gospel of the kingdom. Remember the series? The gospel of the kingdom. The first time I heard that word, I mean, I knew the gospel, but I did not, I mean, I read Matthew, but to understand the gospel as the gospel of the kingdom, to understand the word of God as the word of the kingdom, things changed in my life. That means it's a word of the king, and whatever the word of the king is his will, that's it. That's the constitution. Okay. See, whatever the king says will happen. If you obey the king, that means you should obey the king. If you obey the king, his will is done. If you disobey the king, his will is done. Yeah, same, same time, same. Okay. At both times, his will is done. <laughs> there is no way, oh, I have my way. No, there is nothing like I have my way. Nobody will tell me what to do. Oh, okay, fine. But his will be, will be done in your life. You will be sent to hell, simply. Yes, that's a very important thing for us to understand. It is the word of the kingdom. 
When we say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. When we, when we have confessed it, meaning what? If I obey your, your word, your will be, your perfect will will be done in my life. If I disobey your word, your perfect will will be done in my life. Your perfect will will be sent to send, him, to send, to send me to hell. Simple. Okay. So you, there's no way, there's no two ways about it. That is the reason why the gospel is just not the gospel of the kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of God is here. And the king is coming. So what should you do? Make the path straight. Every crooked path will be made straight. All the valleys will be filled. All the mountains will be brought down. Understand this. So his will will be done. Okay. Ultimately one day, Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. And what is every evangelist telling? Please surrender your lives now to His will, which is good for you. Okay. Otherwise, His will will be done, but that will, that will be bad for you. Okay. It is a gospel. Is a gospel of the kingdom. So He says, when the one hears the word and understands it not, who comes? The wicked comes. The wicked one comes. And he catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he who received the word by the by the seed by the wayside. Now he's talking about a second guy. But he is the he is he he that received the seed on stony ground is the same is the, the, the same is he that heareth the word and anon with joy receives it. And this happens to all of us. Okay. You listen to the word, you say, boy, and then especially go to Dr. Luke and say, high five and all the jazz, do it all with joy, it's coming. Full excitement. Either intellectually we have been stimulated or emotionally we have been stirred. Now, now he's talking about, he's talking, he's defining what the deepness of earth is. What depth is he looking at? Look, at? look at the next verse. Yet he has no root in himself, but dureth for a while. That means he endures the word for a while. Okay. First Sunday will come, second Sunday will come, third Sunday will come. But when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is what? Oh, offended. How do you know that there is no depth in your life? You know, the word for offense, I, t- I told you so many times. What is it? Scandal. Scandalized. What is your scandal coefficient? Quotient. And yesterday, <laughs> I was just uh, browsing through something and then one, one, one website came, test your IQ. Everybody likes to know their intellectual quotient. And if you want to understand your emotional quotient, watch a movie, see how much, you, how well you can cry. That is your emotional quotient. Okay. Some people cry at the drop of a hat. Okay. And then you had intellectual quotient or intelligence quotient, and then you have your emotional quotient. Very few people have a large scandal quotient. How much I can push and offend you. And you will not get offended. That much is your depth. (laughs) 
your depth is directly proportional to your ability to handle scandal. No, think about this. Scandal is not necessarily when you are wrong. Scandal is also when you are right and you have been accused of wrong because of the word. Will you get offended? That is the reason why it says, until his word, which was spoken to Joseph, came to pass, the word of God tested him to see his scandal quotient. Do you understand? See, what is the definition of sin? I'll tell you, or or transgression. We have all turned to our own ways. That is sin. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity. Turning to our own way, which is necessarily may not be bad in the eyes of the world, is sin, is iniquity. Turning back to the path which Jesus had decided for us. And he says, okay, if you do good and then you are accused wrongly because of conscience towards God, then it is commendable. Why? To this you have been called. For Christ also left you an example that you should what? Walk in his steps. We all went our own way. He actually uses that word there in that in that context. He says, he says, he says that we should walk in his own in his footsteps. Who when who did not know, do any sin, neither for deceit found in, was found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not threaten. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But continued entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously and by his stripes you are, no, 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 who himself bore our sins on his own body on the tree, having died to sins that we might live to righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. And verse 25, he tells you the reason. For we were all sheep going astray. But now what we have happened? We have returned to the shepherd and overseer of our path. That means we have come back to that path that he has showed for us. What is a path? A path where we have the ability to overcome scandal. We have a deep scandal quotient. We will not get offended. People can say anything. You know what? You can say anything, but I am after the God in you. <laughs> Elisha said to Elijah, you want me to wash your hands? No problem. Wash your clothes? No problem. People will call me a man who poured hands in the, water in the hands of Elijah? No problem. But I am after the God inside of you. I am after that God inside of you. Pursuing that. I am ready for any scandal. <laughs> you know what? I am dead to my reputation. So when tribulation and what? Suffering or affliction. Uh, we'll come to the affliction later on. Tribulation and persecution arises because of the word. They get offended. And then just say, sorry. I can't handle this. Joseph was with the coat. He was stripped of his coat. 
put into the pit. Cried out. Maybe he was crying out to God also. Lord, what is this lot? Where was he? Dothan. At Dothan he was crying out, Lord, what is this? Did God, did God answer him? No. Elisha was in Dothan. And his servant came and said, Lord, the, 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 the Syrian army is surrounding us. Lord, what is this? Lord, open his eyes. Did God answer? Yes. There also he answered with a no. He answered with a yes. He was sold as a slave. Did he rebel? No. He was called a rapist. Did he rebel? No. He was a victim of the hashtag me too movement. Yeah? He was already despised because he was a Hebrew. And he was a Hebrew and successful. Ah! More despised. Hebrew successful and the master trusts him even more despised. He was an object of the envy of the people. But he was not, he was not conscious about it by the way. Put in prison. Lord, what is this? No problem. One day, till the time. I mean, those fellows come, they forget his interpretation of the dream. He immediately goes and forgets nicely, no? <laughs> and later after two and a half years, at God's appointed time, he is glorified. From justification to glorification, there is a process called sanctification in which, you know, what is going to be tested? Your scandal quotient. <laughs> your SQ. How much you can, what do you say, handle scandal. As of now, my scandal quotient is very low. Extremely low. I know it. So upset I get. I get so upset. I just cannot handle certain certain so-called accusations, even if they are partly true. <laughs> what if they are completely false? <laughs> you see? <laughs> Understand that. Huh? See? You see, see, look at what it says. Mark actually gives an interesting nuance. Mark chapter 4 verse 17. Okay, in the same, uh, the parable of uh, the sower. So, verse 17. And they have no root in themselves and so they endure for a time afterward when affliction, now there's a very interesting uh, word which is added over here. Affliction or persecution for the word's sake arises uh, immediately. Uh, they don't have the ability to handle it all. Immediately they get offended. Verse how come he said this? You see that low, so many people, now when you talk to them, you can see when their faces change, are this fellow got offended. It doesn't take little time and you have to walk on eggshells or you, what will that person think? You know, you have, you have to become TLC, PhD is in TLC. What is tender loving care? Always you should pamper them and should say them, oh, oh. You see, the company that you choose, Tells me what kind of a person you are. Nebuchadnezzar had those fellows. Different kinds of flutes they were playing. When different kinds of flutes and string instruments are being played, what should you do? Bow down. When you... He, he, he goes <laughs> at length to describe the kind of instruments. When you hear the sound of this and this and this and this and this and this and this, bow down and worship me. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When you hear the sound of this and this and this and this, he cannot say, can, if you hear, hear the sound of these things, yes, how? no, no, he, he mentions every detail of those things. Bow down. You know what they say? Sorry. We are not psychophants. That's what Shakmishla calls it. He calls it psychophant symphony. Psychophant symphony. They sing in parts and tell the king how great thou art. Isn't it interesting that many Psalms, if you look at Psalms, either they praise God or they describe the depravity of their heart. (laughs) Have you seen that? Only two categories. They never praise themselves. Very few times you say, am I in my righteousness? But again he will say, no, 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 no. I am not that good. If you should mark iniquities, who can stand? Etc. But you, but you, but you, but you. Either they are praising God or, or describing the depravity of their own heart. But they are never praising themselves. That is how I know a guy is spiritual. Isn't it interesting that Solomon didn't write even a single psalm? I don't know. There is no psalm of Solomon. There are psalms of David and that is the reason why Spurgeon calls it what? The treasury of David. There are therefore more psalms than Proverbs. Understand this difference. This is what I believe is the reason why we don't have strong, what do you say, uh, the capacity to handle pressure. Simply because we get offended easily. And I'm telling you honestly, I've seen, I've seen in my own life, it is my own flesh, we want quick fixes to our problems. Remember uh, Naman, right? Naman says, I thought he will come and he will wave his hand and he will come and touch the part where I am infected. Hard not this and that, those rivers better than Jordan. Can't I go and wash in them? Servant said, Sir, Sir, did he ask you anything great? You know what you wanted? If there was something great, you would have done it actually. In other words, you can't handle scandal. You're offended. You know something? He was telling Naaman, Elisha, your healing is directly proportional to your ability to handle offense. You offended, you go with your sickness. If you humble yourselves, you will be you will be healed. Choose. If you are offended, that's what you know we say. Are you do you want to be justified or do you want to be dignified? Answer is oh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. You know, Paul says, even if my conscience calls me that I am very, very dignified, I am a gentleman. Thereby I am not justified. My justification comes from from whom? From God alone. So look at this. He says, they have no root in themselves. And so when, 
when affliction or persecution, so three things he mentioned over there. He talked about tribulation, he talked about affliction, he talked about persecution. See, Psalm 34 verse 19. I love this. Okay. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Hallelujah. <laughs> but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of him of them is broken. Many are the afflictions. It's what we call as a purification process, cleansing process, refining process. 12.6 Psalm. 12.6. Very interesting Psalm verse. You know this verse very well. Saref. Hmm? The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in the furnace of the earth, purified how many times? Seven times it has to be purified. So that the word of God in your mouth should be true. Who said that? The widow, where? Which place? Sarifat. What is Sarifat? Refinery. Furnace. That's exactly the same word. Sarif. From which we get the word seraph also, by the way. <laughs> Fiery ones, basically. Okay. The words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in the furnace of the earth, purified seven times. Your ability to handle offense. Your ability to handle criticism. You know, one religion which cannot handle criticism, you know which one is that is? Islam. They cannot. They cannot. Can't handle criticism at all. Because they know they are full of <laughs> lies. <laughs> you criticize the truth. Criti- truth says, you criticize me. You call me a lie. My will be, do- will be done any- anyways. Gravity does not exist. You say, And every time you know what is going to happen, you will prove the existence of clarity. Nothing else. Every time you disobey the law, you will actually prove the existence of the law. And not the other ways. So I don't have to come and debate. I just simply and plainly state the truth. Accept. You criticize it. Oh, we can't. What? My will will be done. They can't handle. <laughs> they get offended. See, religious people are like that. They get offended. Who got the most offended? The religious class. To whom did Jesus give the most, use the most harshest words? Brood of vipers. Whitewashed tombs. Full of dead man's bones or all kinds of uncleanness. Pah! What words? Not pleasant. And in fact, in Luke's, in John's Gospel chapter 8, the gloves are off. John's Gospel chapter 8 starts with wanting to stone the woman caught in adultery. John's Gospel chapter 8 ends with wanting to stone Jesus. Kya baat hai? Because they can't handle criticism. <laughs> that is how they know. You are offended. You know why? You were offended because I criticized your attitude. And you didn't like it. You know why? Because you knew it was true. 
And he makes this bold statement. Which of you can convict me of sin? Show me. Show me. Remarkable. So it was, what is it? A righteous man. Many are the, what? Afflictions of the righteous. Look at this. Another another verse. Psalm 119 verse 67. You know this verse very well. I'm just for, This is for the sake of your reminders. Psalm 119 verse 67. It says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I was afflicted, what happened to me? I went astray. But now, <laughs> I kept your word. Why? When I was afflicted, I knew how offended I could get. I went astray. I went away from the path. But now, I obey your word. 71, same chapter. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. That I might learn your statutes. And look at the next verse. The other level. 75. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments and are right are right and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. Kya baat hai? It is for my good to know how easily I get offended. Boss, Lord, grant us a grace, no? Grant us a grace. Be disciplined people who will kill offense in their lives. Disciplinedly. Never get offended. <laughs> and don't get offended about that, okay? <laughs> Understand this. It is good that you and your faithfulness, you know how God is faithful? You keep on saying that. God is faithful. God is faithful. If God is faithful, what will he do? Yeah, he will afflict you. Hmm. So that he will show you how easily you get offended. How immediately you get offended. How long that immediate is, we don't know. Sometimes it is, uh, it depends upon the processor that you have. (laughs) Or the bus speed, whichever you want to use it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Look at another Beautiful set of verses, okay. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 31 to 36. Hmm? Lamentations chapter 3, verse 31 to 36. Look at this beautiful set of verses. For the Lord will not cast off forever. Though he causes grief, yet he will show compassion. You want to know the compassion of God? Let him cause you grief. Okay. He caused a lot of grief to Job. You know what? Finally, he understood that God was what? Merciful, it says in James chapter 5. The Lord is merciful, full of compassion. You want to understand the compassion of God? Allow him to cause your grief. It's difficult to say that. (laughs) Isn't it? Though he causes grief, that's what we keep on saying. God will never harm. He will hurt, but he will not harm you. He will cause you grief, but he will, yet he will show compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. And then goes on. Look at what it says. Look at verse 33. For he does not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men to crush under one's feet all the prisoners of the earth. No, he doesn't do that. To turn aside the justice due a man before the face of the Most High. He's not going to say, you know what, I'm not going to withhold justice. But one day you will get justice, my dear brother. That day, when you stand before God, the Most High, all rights will be wronged. 
sorry, wrongs will be righted. <laughs> sorry, what am I saying? <laughs> All the wrongs that have happened to you will get justice. But you know what? Ensure that you keep yourself justified. What did I say? <laughs> Ensure that you keep yourself justified and not dignified. Yeah, that's it. To turn aside the justice due a man before the face of the Most High or subvert a man in his cause, the Lord does not approve. He does not approve of this. You think all the throngs that are happening in the world, he approves of it? No. No, we get all these questions. No, why does God uh, not punish these people? Why does he not uh, take them away from the face of the earth? Etc, etc, etc. If God has to judge, he will, once it is judged, it is set in time. He doesn't want to judge anything before time. Some people's works will go ahead of them. Some people's works will follow them. Both good and bad. The reason why God afflicts you, if you have NASB, Proverbs 17.10. Proverbs 17.10. A rebuke goes deeper, where? (laughs) Into one who has understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. You keep on beating up a fool. Will he learn? Never. Saul never learned. Never. David one danda. <laughs> I learned well lesson. He would weep, Saul. Oh, David, I'm sorry, you're more righteous. Kuch nahi, fayda hai, fayda padra hai. Koi fayda nahi hai. David could be rebuked. One blow is sufficient for me. In Telugu, there's a, there's a saying, okay? It says, Manchi manishi koka mata. Manchi manishi koka mata. Manchi eddu koka dabba. Eddu means a buffalo. A good buffalo or a good bull, it just needs one whip. And it will start working better. You see, when you, what's the difference between a, a ox with a yoke and an ox without a yoke? An ox with a yoke, you, wipe, you whip it once, it will start working properly and it will give you more fruit. A ox without a yoke, it will go here and there, helter-skelter. You said, tell one thing, you know, that's, see, think about it, you know, when somebody says something to you, a rebuke, a word of correction. Are you able to take it and understand the different dimensionalities of it? I often do it. Often. You know, one of the rebukes said, I mean, what a rebuke, nay? It's something statement but was, you know, keeping your room clean is a reflection of your heart was a, was a fab statement for me. I was so tensed after that. I would say, how does it matter if your room is dirty or clean? As long as your heart is clean. That's what I say. You know, when people say, you don't have to keep, I said, come to my professor's home and his office. I'll show you how it is. That's what I used to to think. (laughs) I went to my prof's home, okay? If you want to see a robotist's home, you should go to that home. Total chaos. Hotel. 
And I felt so good about myself. <laughs> oh, so happy I was. My thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so much total it all over the place. Uh, law of entropy was working perfectly in his home. Then I could understand he never stays at home. <laughs> He's always in the lab. <laughs> Even in this lab, oh, not very. You come to a robotics lab, Baba. You should see the spoil. Expensive computers. Dismantled all over the place. The lab is lab, boss. And finally, something of order comes out of, order out of chaos. One robot will come for a few days only. After that, we just dismantle it again. It's interesting. But then you know what? Order in your life. How you handle dirt outside, that is directly shows how much you are allowed dirt inside actually. Think about it. That's a statement, no? Put that in your spiritual pipes and smoke it. My wife keeps telling me, Vijay, your stable is a reflection of you. <laughs> For her, everything. You know, you came to our school, no? How it is? It's like, everything has got a box somewhere. Okay, so how to work on that? So I just keep taking those things, okay? But I'm working on it. I'm better than what I was several years back. So how do I know it? Because I visited my prof's home, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Okay. If he's listening to it, maybe I don't think he is. That's no problem. Because he has to go through at least uh, 45 minutes, one hour of sermon to come to this point. So he will not have that kind of time, okay? Okay. <laughs> so a review goes deeper into one who has understanding. You see, if you have understanding of God's ways, if somebody is able to rebukes you, you're able to take that rebuke and and you know divide it and go to the deepmost parts of your inner man and able to understand what God is trying to tell you. Don't look at the message, a messenger. Look at the message. Don't become Jeremiah eighteen eighteen. What is Jeremiah 1818? There's an 1818 formula. Look at what it says in Jeremiah 1818. Not normal, normal. You can go back to NKJV or KJV or NSB, whatever. Then they say, come and let us devise plans against Jeremiah. <laughs> For the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet. Two connotations to this. That fellow has spoken. That means it will come to pass. Or we'll stop him from speaking. We have already so many people who will speak the word of God to us. No problem. Why? Come, let us attack him with the tongue and let us not give heed to any of his words. They don't want the correct voice. You think, you you see, it says, woe to you if people speak good about you because that's exactly how they dealt with the false prophets. Every time it's a prophet you see, it's a prophet who is rebuked. I mean, rather, who is not rebuked, who is who's despised or who is uh, resisted. Why? Because he 
He is the index finger. You have the apostle, you have the prophet and you have the evangelist. Evangelist is the longest ministry. The prophet is the one who says, you are that man, you are that man, you are that man. The word of God comes, if it is prophetic, it comes with the finger of God and tells you this is exactly the problem with your life. Micaiah, look at all the prophets. There is a symphony which is going on over here. Don't become a cacophony. Sing in tune. In other words, it's all western classical. Don't become Carnatic. Whatever the Lord tells me, I will speak. And then he starts off with sarcasm. Shall I go to Ramad Giliad? Go. You will win. Did I not tell you? <laughs> Are, this is exactly what you wanted to hear, right? You wanted to hear that, right? Micaiah, come on, tell me. I saw the heavens open. You know something? I love that. I love the word. I love the guy Micaiah simply because he was a contemporary of Elijah. Hmm. <laughs> okay. And Elijah was still existing. I mean, was around when Micaiah was also there. But it's interesting that two prophets cannot get along well with each other in the old covenant. Okay, <laughs> very difficult. <laughs> okay, very very difficult for that to happen. But it says in Acts chapter thirteen, there were prophets, there were evangelists. Everybody was there, worshiping and ministering before God. They were fasting and praying. Kya baat hai? That is the new covenant difference. Kya baat? Old covenant, no two, no two prophets could work together. <laughs> it's interesting. Anyway, whatever the reason God had, no? And then, Micaiah, Micaiah, come on, tell me Micaiah, the same. Micaiah says, I saw the heavens open. And God was asking, how should I deceive Ahab? I have to make this fellow fall. He has to go to Ramad Gilead. How should I persuade him? Then there was a full round table conference. One angel said, God, I'll do this. Another angel said, I will do this. Another angel said, I will do this. And a lion deceiving spirit came. He said, you know what? I will go and I will become a lying spirit in the mouth of all the 400 prophets. And what God says, you will go and you will succeed and you will succeed in taking Ahab to Ramoth Gilead and he will die. And what does Zedekiah say? He slaps him. Where did the spirit of God go from me to you? Ahab says, put him in prison until I come back. If you come back, God has not spoken through me. What audacity. It's interesting. A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than hundred blows to a fool. And Ahab was an absolute fool. So many blows he got, he never learned to listen. David cannot be rebuked. Saul cannot be rebuked. Solomon cannot be rebuked. Think about that. I told you, right? The emotional man and the intellectual man. The donkey head and the PhD head. Both are donkeys. Finally. In Telugu, Gadida. that. 
You see? So it's very important to know whether you have depth. Just measure the time that you get offended. How quickly you get offended is your, is your scandal question. But if you have the ability to ruminate, to think, to be objective, blessed are you. Manisilayo. Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 to 6. This is one man who couldn't handle this. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you coming? Are you the coming one? Or do we look for another? (laughs) And Jesus answered and said to him, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Boss, blessed is he who's not offended because of me. Okay. Alright. So how do you know that you don't have depth? Okay. Because you get offended so easily. And why do you get so offended so easily? Is also the question. See, you should go one stage after another. I have do I have no depth because I get offended easily. And why do I get offended easily is the next question. So let us go to the next nuance. Luke's Gospel chapter 8 verse 6. Okay, this is again the parable of the sower. Okay. Some fell on the stony rock. Okay. And soon and as soon as they sprang up, it withered away because it lacked ah moisture. At the point. They get offended simply because they lack what? Moisture. No, think about it. No. How many of you have the confidence? My heart is a very, very, very um, tender heart. I easily get uh, the word of God penetrates very deep. I'm able to receive the word with meekness, the engrafted word with meekness. How many of us can say? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> with confidence. We all have our depths of uh, hardness. And again, verse 13, he explains this. Verse 13. Okay. But the ones on the rock are those when they hear, receive the word of joy. These have no root because of lack of moisture who believe for a while and a time of temptation, what happens to them? They fall away. What is the word for falling away? Apostasy. And See the danger there? Why do they fall away? Simply because they don't have depth. And why don't have depth? Simply because they don't have moisture. And what is moisture? Let's see. What is it moisture is he talking about? Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 (coughs) onwards. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 7 onwards. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the... You know what the word for water is? What is this? The word for water is moisture in the Septuagint actually. Okay. Word for... Which is planted by the water. 
waters, just not water, waters, which spreads out its root in the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease from yielding fruit. Now, what is the, what is the difference here? The difference is simple, simply this. This guy is planted by the rivers. Now, what is the difference between the soil at the rivers and the soil from away from the rivers? The soil of the rivers is what? Very soft. You understand? And will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease from yielding fruit. And he goes on to say, why? Verse 9. The heart is what? Deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You know, in this context, he's saying, the heart, which is essentially the seed, the seat where the seed is going to be sown, it says, break up the fallow ground of, of your heart, basically. Break it up. Make it softer. The heart is deceitful about all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the hearts. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Now think about this. Now he says, so in order to bear fruit, I should be planted by the rivers of water. So it is just not the planting of the seed which is important. It is also important that I should be in a position where I am constantly being what? Watered. There should be the sowing of the seed and the constant watering of the seed so that the seed can grow, so that the soil can become softer and softer and softer and softer and softer and softer and softer. And softer. That is the reason why. So why are we preaching the word so much in these last days? Because the hearts of the people is hard, including my own heart. I'm not saying that my heart is better than the others. No, I know it. My own self, I know it. So what do I need? I have to sit there and allow the word of God to flow and flow and flow and flow and flow and flow so that my heart becomes softer and softer so that the engrafted word begins to take root and bear fruit so that I will not get offended. You know what happens? When you're constantly watered, you will understand that God is good. You'll understand the ways of God. So you think about it, no? Why is therefore the preaching of the word so important? The preaching of the gospel, initially to bring people into the kingdom, you don't need more than 15 minutes. Think about it, no? Repent for the kingdom is of God is at hand. Huh. Who said this? John the Baptist. After John the Baptist was put in prison, what did Jesus say to evangelize people? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So once the people came into the kingdom of God, what did he do? Repent for the kingdom of God is how many lines? Three lines maximum. And after the people came into the kingdom, what did he do? He started teaching them. Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7. Goes on and on and on and on. So that the seed which is sown should be watered so that the soil can be made softer and softer and softer so that the seed can go deeper and deeper and deeper. So Paul says, Paul plants, <laughs> Apollos has to water so that you will get what? The increase. Do you understand? So why do people not bear fruit? 
Oh, the preaching is so long. Why can't it be 15 minutes capsule? This is not evangelism, brother brothers. This is upadesham. This is teaching. This is watering. It is making your soil soft so that you can receive with what? Meekness. It says, put away all superfluity of naughtiness. You follow us. He says in James. I love that word. Superfluity of naughtiness. <laughs> and receive with meekness. Put away all malice and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Why? Why is the teaching? Because we want people to have depth so that they can stand strong in the day of evil. And even when there is drought, you know what? You will bear fruit. You will not fear. You will not be anxious in the year of drought. And even in the time of drought, what will happen? There will be fruit in your life because the roots have gone well, deeper. Depth, please. Depth, my dear brothers. Depth. Ask God for depth. I see, you know, I see so many. I don't, I, I mean, I just look at, I observe around. I observe. I observe people's conversations. I know by one word that comes out of your mouth how deep is your relationship with God. I, I know by the kind of uh, fellowship that you seek how deep is your relationship with God. The kind of fellowship. I'm not just talking about the fellowship. There is fellowship and there is fellowship. Not all Israel is. Ah, Israel. Ah. Is that iron sharpening iron? Or wood blunting iron? I don't know. Think about that. Honestly, you know, I am, we are still young people. We are still not graduated to father level. Okay. Right? Who said we are fathers? We are still not. Okay, let us be honest. Okay. If you are fathers, then uh, <laughs> that will be a different range only. Huh? But what does it say? I write to you, young men, because the word of God richly abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. You know what is happening? All of you, young people, you are inspiring one another to give your best to God. I love that. That is the kind of fellowship I want to seek. Not people who will just dull you. They will say, what is possible with God? There is an enjoyment in the fellowship. It is together with the saints you comprehend the what? Hmm. The height, the breadth and the width and the depth. Where is depth? Among the fellowship who is seeking after depth. Am I right, Sami? Simple formulas doesn't work. How to get the formula works. What a lot of people want formula. I want how you got the formula. That's a different, no? What do you want? Einstein's theory or Einstein's mind? Ah. There's a lot of difference. Depth. No, 
in order for the roots to go deeper, deeper, we have to do something. See, it's just not that you should uh, allow yourself to be the for, the for the water to flow. Lot of people, it's like water water on a duck's back. The water should just not flow. Something else also should happen. Psalm chapter 1 now. You know this very well. Psalm chapter 1 verse 1, 2 and 3. Because I told you the kind of fellowship that you seek determines your depth. Blessed is a man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now think about it. What kind of fellowship do you seek? Do you seek worldly fellowship or worldly fellowship? I want to be like this. You know, My dad used to say, Vijay, sit with the toppers. And the toppers don't want anybody around them, by the way. They, you know that, right? But you never, nevertheless stick with them. That's what I did with the Chinese, by the way. <laughs> the Chinese and the Indians can't get along well with each other, okay? That's, uh, that's, that's proven everywhere, all around the world. So those fellows are getting 100 out of 100? Every assignment? I'm like this dum-dum over here, trying to solve every assignment. And first assignment I ended up with a 65. All the Chinese got 100. And you know what those fellows, you know what they did? They took the average of the class. I mean, all the, there's a class average and there was a Chinese average. The class average and the Chinese average. So the professor said, oh, yo, let me add some grace marks so that I can bring you up to speed with the Chinese average. And I was so offended. I said, what's this fellows? What is the secret behind these fellows? Then I came to realize that they had a network. They have all the previous question papers, assignments, solution manuals, everything that they have. They have the solution manual, brothers. Then I said, and they didn't want to have anything to do with Indians. But you know what? I also want to get 100. I will stick with you now. Stuck, stuck. I had another Brahmin friend. Janardhan Vedantam. Both of us, that fellow was also even more smart. He knew how to get the assignments out of them. So slowly, slowly, slowly got the assignments. We got all the assignments, went and did our, our own photocopy like those, those fellows from a Chinese store. <laughs> and next exam? What do you say? That's it. Period. 100. End of the story. Why? You stick with those fellows who are going somewhere. Iron sharpening iron. Not people who will make you feel good about yourself. At least I am better than that fellow. No, 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 no. Who will say, you know what, Vijay, you are useless. Ah, now I want to become like you now. Who will challenge you with their life, with their testimony, with their humility, with their willingness to learn. Their willingness to go the extra mile. With their willingness to pour out their lives for God. With their willingness to not hold anything back for God. See, I want to seek such such company, right? So, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners. A lot of people say, you know, I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time. I'll tell you how you have time. First, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. 
Don't stand in the path of sinners. Don't sit, sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't sit in the people in the seat of the people who will cause you to waste your time. But what should you do? Verse, verse two: Delight yourself in the law. Then, and in His law, what? Meditate day and night. That is when you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You will have moisture now. Why? Because you are not only at the place where constantly the water is flowing to make you moist and your heart soft, you are also meditating so that the word can go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Both these things have to happen. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf shall not wither and what whatsoever he that's he does he he says he, he prospers what does that mean prosper in the way of god that's what he, that's what he told uh, joshua this book of the law shall not depart from where from your mouth oh, it's interesting right mouth and mind coordination <laughs> it's not hand and eye coordination mouth and mind coordination life and death is in the power of the tongue that is the reason why it says in Proverbs chapter 15 verse 28, if I'm right. Just put it, it's beautiful. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 28. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer. Kya baat hai? But the mouth of the wicked pours out evil. Pours. That is the reason I say, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study, study, study. Man, goodness, I'm telling you, Telugu Bible, I'm, I'm studying now. You know what it has, what has happened? My Telugu Bible has replaced my English Bible now. Study, 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 study. I'm not boasting, I underlined every page in the Telugu Bible now. That is how I read. Study, study to show yourself a product. You know why? Because I want depth. And whatsoever he doth, doeth shall prosper. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it. Then you shall have Success. And you shall not turn from it to the left or to the right. Because you know what? Gospel has got a line, straight line. When I saw Peter that he was not <laughs> walking in line with the truth, I withstood him to the face. You are going astray. I want to bring you to back to path. Why is this important? Hebrews chapter 6 now. Hebrews chapter 6. And verse 4. For it is impossible (laughs) For it is impossible For those who were once enlightened Who tasted the heavenly gift Who became partakers of the Holy Spirit Who have tasted the good word of God And who And the powers of the age to come No, Five things have to happen in a Christian life (laughs) You should be Enlightened You should have tasted the heavenly gift. You should have become, what is the heavenly gift? Salvation, basically, the gift of salvation. You have become the partakers of the Holy Spirit. Second, you have tasted the good word. Fifth one, you have also tasted the powers of the age to come. If they? Ah, if they fall away. 
At the time of testing, because they didn't have moisture, what happened to them? They fell away. They turned away from the straight path. That's what it means. Parapapateo is a Greek word. You know where it, where it, where it occurs? Oh, let me scare you. Ezekiel 18.24, it occurs there in the Septuagint. 18.24, Ezekiel. <clears throat> but when the righteous man turns away from his righteousness, ah, falls away in other words, when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity and does according to all the abominations that the wicked man does, shall he live? Answer? Rhetorical question. No. All the righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered because of the unfaithfulness of which he is guilty and the sin which he has committed because of them he shall... Ooh, hi, scary. Scary, 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 scary. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 6. I just wanted to scare you for a bit and then get you back on track again. Okay, it's good to get scared, no problem. It is one of the things that we need to understand. We lack the gift of the fear of God in the last days, my dear brothers. We, get, we lack it, honestly. That is the reason why we are flippant with a lot of things. We are flippant with our mouth. We are flippant with the things that we watch and talk and see. We are flippant with men of God. For the earth, look at this, if they fall away to renew them again to what? Repentance is impossible. Why? Since they crucify against for themselves the Son of God and put Him to an open shame. And He gives a reason. Verse 7. For the earth which drinks in the rain to soften it, right? To soften it, no? For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receives what? Blessing from God. But on the other hand, if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to be cursed. Whose end is to be burnt. But beloved, thank God. We are confident of better things concerning you. Oh yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this hard way. <laughs> we are confident of better things for you. Depth. So depth of your word, your word life. Okay. Second is the depth of your understanding. In other words, the depth of your revelation. What is that? Depth of your revelation. What does that mean? Let me tell you what that means is. Second, let's go to First Corinthians chapter two, verse seven onwards. First Corinthians chapter two, verse seven onwards. But we, yeah, but we speak the wisdom God, wisdom of God in a mystery. Okay, how do you understand mysteries? You want to know? Go to Proverbs chapter one, verses two onwards. Okay, actually you can read from verse one onwards. Okay, put it in NKJV. Okay. Are we in NKJV, bro? Okay. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, then to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Why? To understand a proverb and an Enigma. 
the words of the wise and KJ will use the word and their dark sayings. You know the riddle of Ethan the Ezraite in uh, Psalm 49? I will, I will put a mouth, uh, put my parable in a dark saying. I will speak this oracle and he talks about the ransom of a man, etc., etc. Remember that? One of our favorite Psalms. Our favorite Psalms, hopefully. <laughs> it's definitely mine, but I hope it's ours also because it's all ours. God is ours. Yeah. And the word is ours. The fear of the Lord is beginning. How do you understand? The whole purpose is what? To understand the proverb and enigma. The words of their wise and their dark sayings. And he says the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Okay, let's go back to First uh, Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 7. Onwards. It says, but we speak wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom. Mystery means something which is hidden, okay? Mysterion. It's essentially, um, revelation is something like, it's like, you know, getting a, uh, getting a f- food on the, putting a food on the table and with a cap on it. You want to know what is there inside? What should you do? Open the cap. That's essentially what it is. That is revelation. <gasps> oh, crap curry. Okay. Something like that. Huh? Uh, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Hmm? The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. It's interesting. It is the glory of God. Hmm. Ah, ah. To what? To conceal a matter. And the glory of kings to search out a matter. For our glory, God has hidden. Hmm. Okay. Now what you should, what is it? It is the depth of revelation. We are talking about that. How do we get this depth of revelation? Which none of the rulers of this age knew for they had they known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And then he says, goes on. Okay. Verse 9. <clears throat> but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has, what? Revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the what things of God? The deep things of God. The depth of your revelation. Now think about it. We've heard pastor preach from same passage every time. But every time you see the depth of his revelation. Sometimes I'm stunned. Are I already heard heard this. Elijah, how many times he heard? How many times he heard Elijah? 15 years, at least 150 times I heard Elijah. I heard Elijah in 2008, 2009, 2000, every year, every year I hear Elijah. And 2020 I heard Elijah and I heard the first times altar cut with Without human hands. What a teaching that was. I was stunned. Albeit I was planning to study on that. It's amazing. The depth of revelation. You see, you see if I'm teaching the same thing I was teaching, let's say five years, or years back, you should say, Vijay, something's wrong with you. <laughs> you should have the, the graciousness and I should have the humility <laughs> to say, Vijay, what's going on, Baba? The same old, same old is going on. Nothing deep is happening over here. What's going on? Sir. 
But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. What has happened therefore? That God has increased in him the measure of his spirit. He had a deposit of it initially. The earnest of our expectation it says. But spirit is slowly growing. So that you understand things of God more deeply. The spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Then he says, verse verse 11, look at what it says. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? That's the reason why it says, the uh, light of a man is a spirit which goes deep inside his heart. That's the reason why the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, designing discerning the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts uh, 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 and the intentions of the, of the, not the mind, of the <laughs> of the heart. And everything is laid naked before him to whom we should give an account. Why? Because the kingdom of God is like the one who has to give an account. Okay. Perfect CA. We are going to the CA now. heavenly CA. You have to give an account to him. Auditings will be done there. <laughs> Your earthly auditor will scare us so much. How much more the heavenly auditor? The earthly auditor will scare us to save us. The heavenly auditor also scares us. To save us. <laughs> Understand that. Why does our auditor scare you? Where is this? Where is this? So that when you go and file the income tax, those fellows will not come after you. That's the intention, basically. So we don't want auditors like those people who do not know which is ITR 5 and ITR 7. I don't want to name, mention the names. <laughs> who, who scare you, <laughs> ultimately. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the deep things of God. And he says, for even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have not received the Spirit of the world, ah, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. And how, do we, how does this happen? Look at the next verse. These things we also speak, not in words of man's wisdom, advanced wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. You know something? Holy Spirit has his own language. I'm not talking about tongues. There is, he's got his own vocabulary, he's got his own set of syntax. Everything is different. Comparing what we do? Spiritual things with spiritual things, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God because they are Foolish. But how do you know that you have received more of the Spirit of God? How do you can, how can you check? Now go to KJV. Go to, uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. Okay. Verse, uh, 2, 1 onwards. Okay. We read, read from verse 1 onwards. In the, in the KJV. I want you to read in the KJV. Very interesting verses. It says, <clears throat> and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Ah. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, okay, the spirit of counsel, 
Okay, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of God. And the next verse will say, and he shall make him of what? Quick understanding in the what of God? In the fear of God. You know how do you uh, how you know that you're a spiritual man and not a natural man? You know what the word for quick is? Smell. Quick to smell. That's what the same word for smelling. The word for quick understanding is smelling. It's very interesting. In other words, you know places where there is no fear of God. And you know places where there is fear of God. Some churches you go, smell and you say, like Abraham, there is no fear of God in this place. Some places you go, you know, it's a godly environment. There's a fear of God in this place. I like what that that man from, uh, uh, what is that place, Uh, Summit said, no, the professor from Summit. They asked him this question, why do you think Summit is a place where your children have to come and study? No, he said, he said two things. Summit is a place where it is safe and it is supernatural. I like that combination. What a combination. My university is a safe place and it is a supernatural place. Which university in the world, in the world can boast of, boast like that? Think, tell me, IIT? Safe? Supernatural? Nonsense? Absolutely! Den of iniquity. The depths of Satan is there. You go to any top school in the world. MIT, Yale, Harvard, Caltech, Berkeley, Princeton, you think they have the fear of God? There's the depths of Satan. When he said that word, no, I was stunned. He said, my place is safe and supernatural. Do you think Princeton is a safe place for your children to go and study? If they don't have the capacity to handle the kind of bombardment that happens over there, that in that ungodly place, Oxford, do you think? I like what Derek Prince said. People in Oxford care more if you are a gentleman rather than you are a saint. They have the fear of God? No. Which university has got the fear of God? You think about our schools in our, in our, you know, in our, in our India. My goodness, I, I remember when, uh, when my friends used to come back from first year of IIT, you know, we were all, we didn't get into IIT in the first attempt, okay. So when he used to come back from IIT, they said, Vijay, internet access around 24 by 7. Those days, lease line, BSNL, BSNL broadband lease line, internet access into every room in IIT. And what are they watching? What are they watching? I know exactly what they were watching. They used to come and boast about it. Safe place? Supernatural place? Far from it. <laughs> most unsafe and the most natural. Carnal. Natural man. Meaning what? Devoid of the spirit. It's interesting. The number of suicides in IITs, you think that an IIT engineer will have security in his life. Some of the most insecure people over there.
Brothers, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. I'm not saying that IIT is bad per se. Don't misunderstand me. No, I'm not talking about that. You think, I mean, I was stunned when that, that, that guy made a statement like that. You know, I used to, dis, literally, I used to say, hey, what is Bible college? Ah. I'm not talking about all Bible college. And he, he, and he said very distinctly also, he said, you know what? Our place is a safe place and a supernatural place simply because our professors have not gone wonky, like in other seminaries. And he said, you know what? Our professors have been broken by grace, have been shaped by grace, and they minister and teach in the power of grace. Which professor can boast like that? Go to any university. Professors, how do you teach? We have been broken by grace. Uh-huh, really? We have been educated in the top universities. We have the maximum number of publications. And we get the maximum number of, maximum amount of uh, funding. Will that say we have been broken? Which professor will say? Understand what I am talking about? Then I started envying Johan. <laughs> After that, I said, boy, this is fantastic. What an amazing combination that is. Think about it. Every university, if it's like that, I was thinking about my school. It should be a safe place and a supernatural space. Can't boast about it right now. <laughs> it is safe, yes, but I don't know if it's still really supernatural. Understand that. See, quick of understanding in the what of God? In the fear of God? Do you have a sense? You know, you know when you have revelation, you know what God hates and what God loves. The Lord has anointed you more than your fellows with the oil of gladness. Why? Because you loved righteousness and you despised and you hated lawlessness. And therefore God could trust you with the greater, the full measure of the Holy Spirit and therefore you understood God more deeply than anybody else. A lot of people say, you know, I, I, I want to be better. Sir David says, you know, I, I have more knowledge than my teachers. Why? Because you are more brilliant than your teachers? Or you are more broken than your teachers? There's a difference. It is not uh, intellectual knowledge, Baba. It is because, because, do you, do you have more knowledge or more greater revelation because you are more broken? Or because you are, you are more humble? You see how our parameters change. Why, why should God? Because we are quick of understanding in the word of God, in the fear of God. Think about this, think about it. Do we have the fear of God? Do we have the fear of God? What is it? The fear of God is to what? Is to depart from evil. Whenever you are able, you, you should know, boss, this smells, this stinks, this, this program smells, stinks. This program, this, 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 this song smells, it stinks, there's no fear of God. Even this is a gospel song, boss, there's no fear of God which has been communicated over here. There's no sense of awe, there's no sense of reverence, there's no sense of worship. There's slackness, there's familiarity over here. No, 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 no. This is not the song which I'm going to introduce in my church. No, no. I mean, that is the reason why I love Adrian Divan, no? What a guy he is! You know that, that those guys, those songs have been inspired by the Spirit because you say, see the sense of brokenness, you see the sense of the reverence for God and the, and the fear of God over there. 
And even that, if there is celebration, this, there is no celebration without the fear of God. There's control. They don't expose themselves. Sometimes people sing these fantastic songs, but in the most beautiful hymns, but in the most skimpiest of outfits. Unfortunate it is. What happens? Oh, the song is good, but the word of word of God in your mouth is not true. Sorry. Quick to understanding in the fear of God. You have that depth. And what it says, but and with uh, quick to understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, nor neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor. Reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. The word of God, my dear brothers, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God, and the depth of the, and the depth of revelation in, in terms, in, in, in that God is able to entrust you. How is, how does this happen? How does this happen? Turn to 2nd Corinthians chapter 12. And verse 2 onwards. Oh, verse uh, 1 onwards actually. You can see the whole thing. Look at this guy, okay? It is not expedient for me doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. <laughs> I knew a man. Who is that guy? Paul himself. You see how he is actually addressing himself? That's amazing. You know, I was in Christ. He never even talks about himself. Look at remarkable it is. I knew a man. In other words, I don't know if I'm at that level as of now. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know. God knows. Such a one who caught up to the third heavens. And then what happened? I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I do not know. God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Okay, Of such a one I will boast. Yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth, but I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me or to be, or me, sees me to be or hears from me. And then, and lest I should be, what? Exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted beyond measure. You know what? You want revelation? Are you willing to pay the price? I'm telling you, you know, I've seen all men of God who had genuine revelation. Everybody had a thorn in their flesh. To keep them humble. Comes to the price. But they have what? Depth. Depth. Let's look at the last verse for the day. If you can please turn to NIV. 
Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 to 11. Let's read. And this is my prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. How should your love be? Not emotional. (laughs) How should it be? It should be more, abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. In depth of insight. You know what it says in Telugu? It's a Telugu is very interesting. It says, you should love with your mind. <laughs> with, with, with really, Telugu means uh, the intelligence, with cleverness in some sense. But you should love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. And how do you get this knowledge and depth of insight? Hmm. Ephesians chapter 3. And go back to NKJV maybe. Yeah. Chapter 3 verses 17 to 19. Okay. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being, ah, what? Rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend not by all, by your own self with all the saints what is the width, what is the length, what is the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How does this happen? In fellowship. You know where depth is tested? Depth of any relationship is tested? Fellowship. How you get along and forgive one another and overlook one another and you are you are quick to entertain strangers. That is the reason why it says, let brotherly love what? Continue. Let Philadelphia continue. That's the word. Let brotherly love continue and don't be forgetful to entertain strangers. Xenos. Xenophobia. Don't get rid of xenophobia. Love your brothers. And that is when depth is tested in fellowship. In fellowship. Otherwise, it's all what? Superficial. That's the reason why, you know what John says? If you say you love your brother, and that guy comes to you, and he says, uh, I'm, I don't have anything to wear on my body. You say, go and be warm. Do you really love? Let us not just love in word, but let us also love in deed. If you cannot love the brother whom you see, how can you love the Lord whom you do not see? It's tested in fellowship. Amen. I've had so many other things to say, but I'm going to stop stop here. So what is it? Depth, please. Depth, please. Maybe one last verse and we will stop. Let's go to Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 47 to 49. Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 47 to 49. And then we'll stop. <clears throat> Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings, And what? Does them. Okay? I will show you whom he is like. Who is he like? He is like a man building a house. Who dug? Ah, who dug deep. Laid the foundation on the rock. It's not superficial. He dug deep. Laid the foundation on the rock. The flood arose. The stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it. For it was founded on the rock, or on the other hand, but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which stream that uh, against which the stream beat vehemently and he, what? 
immediately it fell. He immediately got offended and he immediately fell. Because there was no depth. And the ruin of that house is great. Do you understand? Depth, depth, depth. (laughs) Maybe that should be the title. (laughs) Depth, depth, depth. Because three is good. Holy, holy, holy. Deep, deep, deep. Okay. Alright, let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this day. Father, we know, Father, we are so shallow. Beginning with me, none of us, and I realize in my own self, how shallow and superficial is my love and my faith and even my repentance. How little of the fear of God I have in my life. But Lord, we want to go deeper deeper in you. Deeper in you, O Lord. As a church and as individuals in the body of Christ, O Lord, I pray, Lord, spur us to pursue a deep relationship with you. Grant us grace to that and we pray. Commit all of us into your hands. Let your name be exalted and lifted up in our lives. We thank you, we praise you for in Jesus' name. Amen.